Life deals us cards. You know, in fact, life deals us a hand, right? There's 52 cards in a deck and we don't get the whole deck. We, we play our hands. Produced by Podcast Architects. You're listening to the Lead On Podcast, where we discuss experiences in the armed forces while exploring lessons from military leaders. Welcome back. It's 2024 and the first episode of the year of Lead On Lessons from Military Leaders, a podcast coming to you from the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. I'm David Deary, president of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. I am very thrilled today, uh, not only to start podcasting once again for the year, but I have a, a two new guests, and it's our first husband and wife team uh, to join us, a couple Marine veterans, uh, Corey and Chelsea Gray. Thanks for being here, guys. How are you today? Thanks for having us. Such a pleasure. <laughs> well, we, uh, we met a few weeks ago at a networking event that a mutual friend of ours puts on uh, over in Oceanside, California. And Chelsea and, and Corey were sharing a little bit about their vetrepreneur or entrepreneur experiences and something that they're trying to do after coming out of the Marines uh, four years ago. And I thought, you know what? Um, I would love to bring them on the show and introduce them to all of you and just hear what, what they're doing, uh, what they learned in their service to our country and then how they took those experiences. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about servant leadership and some of the servant leadership styles that they observed and were treated with, some positive, some negative. Uh, and yes, because there could be negative uh, servant leadership experiences, especially from those that don't understand or they may think that a servant leader is you serve me, the leader. Uh, so we'll talk and we'll explore a little bit of that. And then I, I want you guys to share what you're doing and uh, about your businesses. But uh, before we dive into that, I always like to start off the podcast with just a, a question. We drew straws ahead of time. And Corey, you're going to get the first opening question. And Chelsea, at the end of the episode, you'll get the closing. So Corey, uh, you know, as leaders, and, and, and leader doesn't mean a retired uh, command master chief, sergeant major, uh, like myself, command master chief, I'm not a sergeant major, just the relations. As a, a, but it could be a leader, it could be an E4, an E3, somebody in a position of some level of authority. So in your uh, experience, whether it's military or civilian, uh, what is the worst piece of leadership advice that someone ever gave you? Well, it's a really, sim honestly, a really simple piece of advice, and I'll expand a little bit on it. But uh, basically, it's do as I say, not as I do. Um, going back to the servant leadership style, leading from the front is good, but also having a personal mentor and somebody there to coach you, somebody who's there right beside you is always something that um, I had always uh, desired and wanted to strive for. And uh, whenever a leader says, do as I say, not as I do, it's kind of a red flag for me. Um, so that's, that's a piece of advice that I think would probably be the worst. You know, and, and I don't know if, listen, I've, I've, I've made and continue to make my share of, of leadership mistakes. I don't think personally I ever said to somebody, do as I say, not as I do. In fact, I would wonder how many actually say that. But, you know, it's pretty obvious by the way people 
approach things or their conduct, if that's their their leadership style. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I'm sure neither of you ever did that yourself uh, because enough of us in in the more senior positions, we did plenty of it for you. Uh, (laughs) So great. So uh, uh, Chelsea, um, so you tell us about, uh, well, first, you know, let let us know a little bit about, uh, you know, where you're from, why the Marine Corps, um, and then I'll go over to Corey and let you do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from a not so small town in Wyoming called Casper, but it's one of the second biggest towns there uh, besides Cheyenne. And I grew up really wanting to have a greater impact, but I was searching for that through sports and dance and then also through maybe going in the medical field. And due to life's circumstances or the cards that I was dealt, uh, trying to look at going into college wasn't necessarily the best option for me financially. And with home, broken home situations and everything, I really was like, "What's what else is out there for me? Because if I stay in this state, I'm either going to be going to go to jail, get into drugs, get somebody else's kid. I don't know. Like there's there's nothing out there really, but just nothingness for for someone who is trying to make make a name or or get out there and so i walked into the mall and i didn't even know the difference differences between branches actually that's how little i knew about the military but i knew that that was the only option for me to get out of that state and so i walked into the marine corps office and i said hey staff sergeant so-and-so actually like messaged me on facebook and they're like Oh, no, that's the army. But since you're already here, you know, we would love to talk to you, you know, because most people don't really walk in their offices very much. But the staff sergeant that was there, he shared with me about what his experience was. And obviously recruiters, they have their own version of the Marine Corps that they tell you. So that way they'll get you to join. And um, I was a sucker from the first day once they started telling me that I could get school paid for. I could go travel. I could meet new people go do these things and be a part of the the greater vision of what the Marine Corps meant. And that's what led me to meeting my husband and getting in the military. So that's a little Look short. That. You met new people. You can't, you can't knock the recruiter for that. He did. Absolutely. Okay. Well, good. Wow. So, uh, and I love what you said, um, you know, you, you, the, the cards you were dealt because life, you know, life deals us cards and not just, you know, in fact, life deals us a hand, right? There's 52 cards in a deck and we don't get the whole deck. We, we play our hands and sometimes we got to fold them, you know, and, and uh, but sometimes the hand we get is pretty good. And I venture to say the hand that you were dealt, at least in the core that uh, brought you and Corey together, wasn't a bad hand. Not, uh, too not sure if it was a royal flush just yet, but, you know, at least it was a couple pair. Uh, yes. So, Corey, how about you? Um, yeah, so a little bit about my story. Uh, I can't, I was born and raised in, uh, Oklahoma to about the age of 11. Uh, my mom was, uh, not in very stable relationships, uh, had multiple men coming in and out of the door. Uh, I have three other siblings that I lived with at the time, an older brother, a younger brother, and a baby sister who's now 20. Um, but, uh, basically when I was 11, I moved to 
town called Branson, Missouri in Southwest Missouri. I was uh, legally adopted by my aunt and uncle uh, who then were my, you know, my legal guardians who took care of me from, you know, 11 till the age I was 18. Uh, they provided, uh, you know, security for me as far as, you know, going to school, having consistent, you know, parenthood. Um, my uncle was a very good father figure in my life and who taught me, you know, all of the Christian principles on, you know, what growing into manhood, you know, trans transforming and going through the rite of passage of being a boy to manhood, how to be the head of the household, how to, uh, you know, pray and take territory for the kingdom of God, not just, you know, in my personal life, but, you know, for, uh, for the, I guess you could say, for lack of a better, a better term, the greater good. Um, but uh, yeah, he was a very good father figure in my life that I needed at the time that I was in need of security as far as like where I was going in life and, you know, getting to come to know Jesus at such a young age that helped provide a lot of security for me. And, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that is because, you know, out of all the insecurities from being a child coming up to now, that's what I've that's what I've been striving for and been working towards, you know, in which I, you know, work in, in the security industry now. Um, but yeah, so the, and that's one of the main reasons why I, you know, decided to join the Marine Corps at, you know, 17 years old. Uh, you know, I had to get consent from, you know, my aunt and uncle, uh, they, uh, they approved thankfully. Um, but I was just looking for security. And, uh, you know, trying to trying to be part of something greater than myself. So I saw that as a as a, something that I could be part of. And it, it, it was it was great for the time. It was so. So clearly faith is is an integral part of both your lives. Uh, both of you are uh, born again Christians. Um, so when when we talk of servant leadership, you know, people can take on, uh, you know, it's somewhat of a com more common phrase. Uh, uh, over the last, honestly, 15, 20 years, it's been used quite regularly. But I've heard, um, I've heard uh, people who don't profess to have any faith even use the word servant leadership. So, so that phrase it may take on a different meaning for different people. Um, so what does servant leadership uh, mean to you? How, how, how do you embody servant leadership? And either one of you can answer. Yeah, absolutely. So my vision of servant leadership was really portrayed to me the first time when we actually first met because I, for so long, was around and surrounded by the wrong people and people weren't necessarily seeking to be together with me as a friend first or just going after your heart as an individual rather than trying to give and, give and take. And he actually, before we were in any way, shape or form, close friends, even like he was in my platoon and I would put myself in these situations because of how broken I was mentally, emotionally, physically, I wasn't making the right decisions. And he was the only one that would answer the phone at three in the morning when I would put myself in these really bad situations with strangers. And he would come and rescue me. He would come and save me, make sure I would get into my room safely and really take care of me. 
without ever expecting anything in return. And I really think that that embodies what it means to be a servant to somebody. It's you give wholeheartedly without that desire to, it's like a give and get transactional kind of thing. And that's really what drew me to him and why I wanted him in my life. And I actually, within the first couple weeks of us actually dating, I literally looked straight into his face and I was like, I want to marry you. Like that, that's literally what I said to him. And I knew so deep down in my heart that this was the first man that had ever wanted to serve me and love me and genuinely take care of me, not for what I could give him, but because he just genuinely cared about me. Uh, you know, it, just, it, not to not to add a public service announcement, but but it plays into something that uh, your friend first. So I've been listening to a podcast. I don't know if you guys or any of the listeners have ever heard of Grace Community Church uh, up in uh, L.A. And, and John MacArthur is the uh, teaching pastor there. And there's a podcast called The uh, Expositor and Austin Duncan puts this on and they just uh, released um, uh, season three, episode four. And it's specifically about friendship. And it gives the biblical definition, if you will, uh, of friendship. And and you you just gave it, which is a a true friend is 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 really about me, anybody who's my true friend, I I'm investing in that person for them to be the to use today's terms would be a better version of themselves, to use a biblical term, uh, to be uh, grow in Christ, to be used by Christ. Um, you know, and, and, and you're right. So a lot of people uh, have these relationships that are more acquaintances or friendships, or there's an ulterior motive, or it's okay. Well, if I if I become a friend with this person, this may get, may get me something down the road. Um, and, and that and that's a very it's a common too uh, as well. You know, Corey, I want to ask you. Um, so so it sounds to me, and and forgive me if it's a little accurate, but it sounds to me that you were. Um, living your faith more actively when you join the Marine Corps than Chelsea, than you were. Um, so, you know, I got saved on active duty. And so I was living a certain way, had a different certain persona lifestyle till God got a hold of my heart. And that, that changed the course of my life and my career. But you coming in, you know, with, you know, you talk about your, your uh, adopted father who, uh, taught you the transition into manhood. Many, many of us, uh, you know, we don't have a, a manhood transition. To some, it's when I could drink a beer. To some, it's join the military. To some, it's the first time I have sex. I mean, it's just, we just don't have in our culture that transition. So how was, uh, as, a, a, as taking on a servant leadership mentality and then joining the Marine Corps, how big of a challenge was that for you? You know, to be honest, it was actually a really huge challenge. Um, because once I, and you know, it's a little accurate what you, what you asked and what, how you're, how you're feeling about it. Because once I actually, um, stepped out from under the covering of my, you know, my, my, my aunt and uncle, um, I actually kind of went down a route that was more so, uh, without Jesus, without God. Um, but you know, like those, the foundations of, you know, the Christ foundation, the foundations that which I had already been set in my heart and, you know, uh, you know, concerning the Bible and all the all the leadership aspects and, you know, the faith aspects. I still had them without truly realizing it. And obviously it reflected through myself and Chelsea meeting 
uh, you know, from the situations that she would get into and just me just giving like, I guess you could say sacrificing myself and, you know, just giving to her without expecting anything back because I truly did. I, I cared about her and I was just like, I don't want to see this before, you know, we be got into a relationship. I was like, I don't want to see this Marine fell. And all the, all of my other Marines, all of my peers, all of my subordinates, they all knew that I, you know, I would always tell them, Hey, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. We can talk about this. And, you know, I would never make it public or, uh, you know, it would always be personal, but it, they knew that, but they never came to me. The only one who came to me was Chelsea because she knew she saw the value uh, that I brought to the table. And, uh, but yeah, it was a very, it was a hard transition because I, I didn't continue my faith really until, you know, we got out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. Sure. You know, and, that, and that's not uncommon, you know, it, it, it being a father of children um, and, and maybe someday you guys will experience it. But, you know, you can even look at your life, you know, at some point being raised in the church or, you know, coming to faith at a younger age, you know, teenager, whatever, then going through youth group and what have you. But there comes a point that, that you do have to make your faith your own. Uh, you can't live under the faith of your parents. So what you're describing is, is completely normal and natural. Uh, and it's great that uh, the influence that your, your parents had was such that, um, you know, you knew that there was something you, you could not continue uh, in, and, uh, in that line of work or, or in that living that way. Um, I was in, in my own experience, uh, you know, I, I didn't have too many struggles or, or um, probably because when I, when I, I was fortunate that when I came to Christ, I just, I shortly thereafter made E5 and then transferred. Um, and then I went out of state. And so it was a little different, I think, um, back when I did it, uh, just the environment and stuff too. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, um, so I, so, so you got out of the military, um, you both did four years and you got out, um, uh, four years ago. So tell me a, uh, just give me a short, um, challenge or praise of your military experience. Give me something positive where maybe you saw servant leadership on display, uh, by somebody, not not faith based or anything, doesn't have to be. But I, I'm sure, just I, I'm sure that there were good, there are good leaders out there that you you had. I, you know, just because somebody does four years in the service and gets out, doesn't mean it was a negative experience or bad leadership. It's just you, nobody joins a service to do thirty plus years. You right. join to do four years, right? And, and more more than half do their four and get out. Yeah. And I actually have to just clarify a statement because I actually, we didn't get to finish our full terms. So I was only in for, yeah, I was only in for two and and a half almost. And then he was in for about three and and, uh, three 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 quarters basically. And so that's something that we can get into maybe at another episode or a little later if you're, if you're open to that. And so just the type of servant leadership that I saw For myself personally, I witnessed one of my sergeants actually in my MCT training. He literally went to bat for me to defend me and like promote my name to 
recommend me for Honorman, actually, for company Honorman. I was guide in not just boot camp, but also at MCT. And I. What's MCT? Uh, Marine combat training. Thank you. Yes. Um, I forget that there's civilian and non-civilian listeners. So I was like, wait, yeah. I have to break mm-hmm. that down. <laughs> but while I was there, I was still struggling with some hip injuries and ankle injury that had happened when I was at boot camp. But I still was guide, still did all the hikes, still did everything besides maybe one adventure. Really, I could only do not do one hike. And they said that that shouldn't be grounds for you not graduating just because you can't do one hike. You already know all the basic skills. You already know everything. Like, we're not going to hold you back because we want to get you into the fleet, basically. And so he, at one of our hikes, we were out at the range. It was in the evening. And he comes out and he's like, guide. I'm like, yes, Sergeant. He's like, get over here. We're doing a, we're doing an interview with the, with the BC and we're going to, you know, battalion commander, battalion commander and we're going to do an interview with you. You got to answer these questions for, to see if you're going to be company honorman. And they, they prepped me like a couple days before with maybe some type of leadership questions or anything. But I went there first guy marched in, answered his questions in front of the panel. He marched out. I marched in, answered my questions, marched out. So it was between me and four other people. And then at the end of everything that happened with all the hikes and they had announced the company Honorman, he came up to me and he was, he was like, Hey guide, you got company Honorman. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's so amazing. But I couldn't feel joy in the moment because a lot of my subordinates, I guess you could say that were a part of my platoon. They didn't see me as a real Marine just because I didn't do one of the hikes. And they also, they actually booed me in front of the entire, the whole squad bay while we were cleaning weapons when he announced, cause he was so excited for me. Like he was like, let's go guide. Like, let's go, let, uh, let's go Elvis dad. That was my maiden name. But they, uh, they actually booed me in the whole squad bay while we were cleaning our M240s. And that was, I think the pivotal moment of where I was like, I don't want to succeed anymore because if this is the type of response I'm going to get from people, then what does it even mean to be great at anything if I'm just going to get that type of response from people? So that's where him fighting for me, serving and wanting to see me grow and succeed and pour into me. That's what I loved seeing. And then there was also the two coin of it. It's like, not every individual is going to be happy or joyful for you when you do succeed. So just be mindful of that and guard your heart and your mind and be ready for the haters because they're going to come. They're everywhere. Yeah, they come. Yeah. There's not as many, you know, it's easy to focus on the negative, you know, even, even at, at higher up, uh, I would go in leadership to seeing, you know, I have to remind myself that, you know, there is just, you know, 5% that are doing the mistakes, 95% get it right. And uh, it's unfortunately that 5% that takes up, 95% of my time. Uh, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's, uh, listen, I, I can handle it. So good deal. So, uh, listen, uh, first off, I just want to thank everybody who's been tuning in. Uh, you know, and if you like what you're seeing, please go visit the Enlist Leadership Foundation website and learn why we're building America's leaders. Check out the other podcast that's out there. This is a episode, I think 33 that we're doing right now. And you could read in the notes below how to, how to learn more about uh, these two people. Uh, but we're coming up on the end of the, this first episode. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we were, we were talking ahead of time, if we do one or two, 
And I think it's uh, appropriate that we uh, circle back here next week uh, for a second episode, if you guys are good with that. Absolutely. So uh, thank you everyone for tuning in today. I'm David Deary with the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. This is, you've been listening to Lead On, Lessons from Military Leaders with Chelsea and Corey. And we'll be back next week where we will finish and learn more about their experiences. Uh, we'll give uh, Corey and Chelsea a chance to share about their businesses that they're pursuing right now post their Marine Corps tours. And I promise, Corey, you'll get more time to talk. See you next week. Produced by Podcast Architects.